Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 86 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your word. Teach us more about you and your ways today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what's happening in John chapter 18. We come upon the scene where Judas is about to betray Jesus. Verses 4 and 5 say, Then Jesus, knowing all that was about to befall him, went out to them and said, Whom are you seeking? Whom do you want? They answered him, Jesus the Nazarene. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who was betraying him, was also standing with him. The guards, soldiers, high priests, and Pharisees approached Jesus at night with their torches and lanterns. He walked straight up to them and told them he was the person they were looking for. He knew he would be beaten and mocked, yet he walked toward them anyway. He knew he was headed to the cross to die a painful death, yet he did not back down from them. There was nothing but utter despair in front of him, but Jesus kept moving forward. It was true love in motion. God's word tells us to be strong and courageous. Christ's love in action shows us strength and courage. Interestingly, when Jesus said, I am he, the Bible says the people who came to seize him went backwards and fell to the ground. Is it possible the power of God threw them backwards? Jesus had to ask them again who they were after, and he had to tell them again it was him. In his mercy, he asked that all the other people be let go, and they were, as it was prophesied so many years before this occurred. Then we see Peter deny Christ three times. Next, Jesus is brought before Pilate after having been seen by Annas and Caiaphas. Pilate initially tells them to judge and sentence Jesus themselves. They couldn't because of their law. And looking at this a bit deeper, it seems it was likely more than blasphemy they were charging him with because if it were just that, then the law that Israelites lived under at that time would have called for stoning him. I've read where he was possibly being charged with sorcery of sorts, which both the Jews and Roman law would call for death. We don't know for sure because there are different accounts of this, but John's writing gives us some clues. We know he was accused as a criminal for sure because his fate was the same as theirs, and the Jewish leaders said he was. At the end of the chapter, Pilate finds no fault in him. He wants to release Jesus, but the people call for Barabbas to be released that day. It was customary to let one criminal go free during the Passover feast. We start a new book today, The Letter of Paul to the Philippians. This was the fourth letter Paul wrote in prison. The Philippians had sent a gift to Paul, so Paul writes to them thanking them and provides encouragement to them as well. He had every right to be forlorn in his situation, to say the least, but he wasn't. He didn't have to write an encouraging letter to the Philippians, but he did. In verse 6, he writes, And I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. His words have become a song because of their beauty and wisdom. God will continue the work he started in us. He will continue to mold and shape us. And he will continue to pour his spirit into ours. However, we need to be moldable and pliable in his hands. Imagine a dried out piece of clay, not even fit for molding or shaping. Well, just a few drops of water bring it back to life so it can be molded into a beautiful vase. The Lord waters our stiff hearts with his Holy Spirit. So our hearts become soft to him. And then he can mold and shape us into the masterpiece he created us to be. 
let us stay open to the Lord's guiding, leading, and correcting, knowing he is working on us and will work on us until we meet with him in heaven. Paul earnestly prays for them that they will abound in love, knowledge, and insight. He prays they will be filled with the fruits of righteousness through Christ. And then he tells them his imprisonment has served to advance the kingdom. The guards and all who were with him had become believers. Another of Paul's noted writings is in verse 21, which says, For me to live is Christ. His life is in me, and to die is gain, the gain of the glory of eternity. He values life to share the good news, but is also anxious to meet Jesus in heaven. Paul knows his life is of more value than dying in prison for the people he ministers to, so he is willing to go through the difficulties he has in prison to further the kingdom. Lastly, he encourages them to hold fast to their faith and not be distressed about the persecutions to come. He considers it a privilege to suffer for Christ. Let's see what's happening with the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 19. Moses tells them that when they get to the new land, they are to set up three cities of refuge for the person who commits an accidental murder, so they may flee to it. And if they grow in land, then they are to set up three additional cities for the same purpose. The guilty were to suffer their punishment, which was death, and Moses tells them to not have pity on that person. It seems a bit stiff, but the Lord had to keep the people holy, and this was one way he could continue to reside with them. In Deuteronomy chapter 20, Moses tells the people about the days of battle. He tells them to not be afraid, for God is with them. When they were close to a city they were to take over, they were to first offer to do it peacefully. If it was a peaceful takeover, then the people of that city would serve them. If they weren't received in peace, then every man in the city was to be killed. The women, children, and animals were to be taken for themselves. However, there were certain cities that God wanted to be completely exterminated, and they were the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and the Jebusites. They were also warned to not cut down any of the fruit trees. Any other tree could be cut down and used to build, but not the fruit trees. Psalm 86 is a psalm of David. This is a prayer of David's. There are several parts in this psalm. He asks God for help. He calls on the God of mercy and loving kindness, and he asks for the Lord to teach him his ways. Pay attention to how many times he calls God merciful and asks for mercy. Yes, we serve the God of mercy, and he will be merciful to us as well. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for showing us more of who you are today. Lord, we ask for mercy as King David did. We ask you to continue to teach us more of your ways. Thank you for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.